Hello and welcome to Murph's Tavern. I am massive Simpsons dork Murphy McLaughlin. Every episode of this podcast, we'll talk about a different episode of the critically acclaimed TV series, The Simpsons. Specifically one from the first eight seasons with a couple of fellow fans. This episode, we're talking about the season four ep, Marge in Chains, where Marge goes to jail after accidentally shoplifting from the Quickie Mart. With me, our return guests... Ryan Thomas and Mitch McTaggart. G'day. Thanks for having us. Hey, I'd, Sorry, I'd I really. I, I, I was going to say, I, I shouldn't have said hello first because chronologically, I, I said hello yeah. as if I were Ryan Thomas, but I'm not. This is me, Mitch McTaggart, speaking. So, and Ryan, is, who, are, who are you? I'm, I'm Mitch McTaggart. No, fuck. Ru- <laughs> I'm Ryan Thomas. Uh, Murph, if you could just refer to Mitch and I as the super hunks. Um, <laughs> this episode and make make the listeners rate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. This sounds good. We're doing this over Zoom. I was gonna think. Do do I even mention? But after that intro, I think it's pretty clear that we're a little out of. The <laughs> 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 we're not in the same room. Um, but we are doing it over Zoom. Um, COVID's uh, going a bit crazy at the moment here in Melbourne, which is sort of. Uh, relevant to the episode we watched because there's a flu uh, for the first act. Oh, gosh. The, it, was, um... it was so nice just to kick back and forget about everything that's going on for 30 minutes <laughs> and just escape into this world of make-believe where anything can happen and have a break from reality uh, with an episode about an airborne virus that's out of control, <laughs> the government being completely incompetent and the stress of buying supplies for a sick family... So getting to Marge as she's thrown in jail. It was just real nice. Real nice. And then you've got the plot of Marge in prison and your wife recently was in prison, man, so... <laughs> she killed me like, with oh, a screwdriver. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, p- part of me doesn't even didn't even want to address that because there are so... I know you guys are aware, but there's so many idiots on the internet that have used this episode to be like, Simpsons predicted Corona. Simpsons predicted <laughs> Corona. It's like, shut God. up. It's a fl- like, what? The Simpsons is the only show to have had an episode where there's a flu. Like, mm. <laughs> like you remember when <laughs> the pandemic started, we all got sick from opening boxes <laughs> yeah. from juices we ordered from Japan. Like, but also not even this, the, 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 the visible particles flying up in your face and, and and being able to see them i mean that's 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 how coronavirus happened yeah that's stopping at the lights oh, yeah man. it is funny how quickly the virus plot just disappears though once marge um goes to <laughs> classic simpsons yeah well uh, actually this is this is a bit of a tipping point episode for me because it's it's when um it's when they started to maybe overuse this kind of plotting device where the acts are so linear and borderline unrelated. So, it's like a this happening causes this, this happening yeah. causes this. And and I, I, th- I think it's the kind of structure that they lean in too heavily in modern seasons, which made mm. me not like it as much. I felt the same way. I think that it just it doesn't really work for this episode, especially when you get to the end. I don't know if you guys, but I was thinking about... How does this resolve? How does... What happens? <laughs> How does Marge get out of jail? And then it's just... She just walks out of jail one day. <laughs> it's... They're so disconnected that I just... I wonder if... Because I noticed in the season run, this comes... 
the second last episode of the season. So yeah. I, I wonder if this was... And then Crusty Gets Cancelled was the last episode, which is obviously a big variety show style with a lot of guest stars. So I wonder if this episode was kind of hidden late in the run because it just doesn't feel... I don't know. I just feel like this is not a great episode. Mm. Okay. Well, we'll get into that. But I, um, in terms of the plotting, yeah, I definitely felt... I feel like an episode where Marge goes to prison, like, that's a heavy plot. Like, I, I can get if it was a lighter plot, maybe just having only the third act dedicated to it and not really delving into it, that sort of thing. Um, but Marge going to prison, <laughs> like, for that to not happen till the start of the third act for actually... Because the first act is all the flu. Second act is the court case, basically, her going to trial. And the third act is her in prison. And even then, we don't really see her in jail. We see this family having to deal with it. Um, we see the town having to deal with it. We see her meeting Phillips, um, her cellmate. We see her having dinner and saying, oh, it's so good not to have to um, cook. How was her experience in jail? We don't really get to know. Like, did she enjoy it? Because there's that bit where she's liking not having to cook or was it awful? Like, mm. what? Yeah, she's, yeah, she doesn't drive anything in the plot. For, for an episode called Margin Chains, she doesn't drive the plot much at all like the the thing that drives the her being thrown in jail she just forgets to pay for something but she's really not very active in this episode i i feel like the most active character Mm. in this episode is lionel hutz (laughs) yes yeah oh and oh man it is a great episode for lionel hutz there's so many good quotes in this And, and look for what it makes up within yeah the weird uh plotting and whatnot uh it's such a funny episode, I feel. Like, I think there's just so many good gags yeah, in this episode. Lionel Hutz and Phil Hartman is just having an amazing episode. Just totally. All time. Yeah. Um, opens up with his hit movie, P is for Psycho, <laughs> and the president's yeah. neck is missing. <laughs> I love oh, that joke. It's yeah. so weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the whole the courtroom scene is just incredible. It's just the absolute highlight of the episode, I think. It's, yeah. it's just fantastic. Yeah, you've also got one of the greatest um, bits of, oh, no, we drew Judge Snyder. (laughs) Is that bad? Well, he's kind of had it in for me ever since uh, I ran over his dog. Um, Oh, really? Well, replace the word kind of with the word repeatedly (laughs) and the word dog with son. Like, God, that's good. That's That's so good. And also just the implications, like, hang on. If, If you did run over the judge's son a few times... He's actually been pretty chill during the court scene. <laughs> like, you would call Judge Snyder throughout those scenes grumpy or, like, actually kind of patient, <laughs> like, putting up with Hutz's shit. <laughs> like, a remarkable tolerance, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But, uh, yeah, so many good parts, like, um, especially with Hutz, yeah, him not wearing the pants, him trying to get away with... Handing him the wrong card, bit guilty. Oh god, wrong. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. yeah, that's so funny, just insane. Such a good, and even the other lawyer is really great. Um, yeah, yeah, in that scene as well. Yeah, blue haired lawyer. D- does that's he not have a bit. name? The blue haired lawyer, because he he pops up a lot. Yeah, I think um, there's actually I read because um, recently I was interested because there's all these characters on the show that like don't have names, like mm. comic book guys, squeaky voice teen, and I was like, I wonder. The show's been on thirty years, over thirty years. I wonder how many of them have been named now. Mm. And I think um, that guy is still just called Burns's lawyer. Okay, because um, more often than not, he's actually Burns's lawyer, and um, he 
even like holds up a book one time and it says the author is Burns. <laughs> so, that's, so, I think that's his name in the, in the show, yeah. Um, um, yeah, you mentioned the opening, uh, Ryan, with I can't believe they invented that. Like, that's just gag after gag. You got Dr. Nick in there. You've got the um, chandelier in the car. You've got the lotion that's also a laxative. Um Homer <laughs> doing the orange on his forehead while he's watching it. What did you um, make of the of the Japanese dub joke when they're packing the juices? It's a little odd. Yeah, it's it's strange. <laughs> like uh, I, I I don't mean to suggest that there's like malice behind it because I think that the the motivation is purely to just have a joke there. But yeah, like the yeah. the f- the fact that the joke in reality, like we're seeing real Japanese people box a juicer. And for them to speak like they would in a dubbed Japanese <laughs> movie that Americans would be would see is, is is so odd. Yeah, I don't think it really works. I, I like. I feel like yeah, they were maybe just like let's try and pack it full of jokes. True. So like, because you you've already got the gag of him saying. Uh, don't tell the boss I'm sick. He's like, that's all right. I have a broken pelvis. Maybe they were like, uh, that's funny, but not funny enough. Oh, what if we make it that it's like badly dubbed? So I don't know. Yeah, it I does sort of see what they were going for, but it does feel like a joke on a joke there. Like they mm. definitely thought it wasn't <laughs> funny enough, so added a thing to it, which yeah. is always yeah. dangerous. You can't you can't jenga jokes. It's <laughs> it's weird. I think this episode has a couple of race things that don't play all that well. Because, like, the only South Asian character on the show is Apu and the only South Asian character works at a convenience store. You know, the only Japanese characters are working at a, you know, in a factory and infecting um, a large population of the world. And then, like... Hey, don't, don't, don't forget Akira, who's the karate teacher oh. and run, runs the uh, Japanese restaurant. Oh, so, yes, yeah, so that's true. Yeah, sorry. That, that contradicts my point entirely. Um, and then Apu being... Like, Apu is so bad in this episode. He's really callous and, and cold-hearted towards Marge for clearly forgetting something. Um, yeah. And then he's, obvi- you know, the implication that he's an idiot by leaving the store unattended um, at the end. <laughs> and then there's like the the sort of weird party that he's having with Sanjay when they're just sort of shouting gibberish and wearing party hats and things. <laughs> yeah, I had a... That was one of my big gripes with this episode uh, is Apu is just a... F- he's a dick. Yeah. And Apu and Sanjay celebrating... Like are they are they celebrating because Marge is going to jail? Like what what do they have to gain from her and why? Uh, yeah, I mean I get they hadn't established at this point that Apu was like a friend of the family. I think that more came from the episode they did where he moves in with them. Maybe from that point onwards, he was a bit more of like a their their mate. But like still, he's such a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, um, I was just kind of shocked by. Um the phrase we're putting that bitch on ice, which which <laughs> yeah. was definitely not in the broadcast that I'd seen um oh, pre- really? previously. Um <laughs> because it, it, it threw me in and I was like, oh okay. And it, it makes it makes Apu seem just w- way worse. Like again, know, what's yeah. what's the benefit of 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 him pushing that so hard? Why yeah, why what's the I was thinking like trying to anticipate what the motivation was. Like assuming that there was some sort of reason that uh, a poo would personally gain that would justify why he's doing this. 
I think it feels, I don't know if you guys feel this, but it's, it almost feels like two episodes or that material that wasn't enough for two episodes because it really feels like uh, a line is drawn where it's no longer about the flu, now it's about Marge in jail. It feels like two halves of us, the Springfield gets the flu and Marge goes to jail and then they just sort of don't have enough content to make two episodes and they just put them into one and it's the most tenuous mm. link between the two episodes. I agree. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it yeah. shouldn't have been... It, it shouldn't have been one episode and I don't even know if it should have been two because it... it yeah. It, it seems it seems rushed and disjointed. Well, I've got the book here. Um, I'm just holding it up to the screen. Great. Uh, we do a little game on this podcast where uh, each uh, episode featured in this book, The Simpsons, A Complete Guide to Our Favourite Family, has a little character biography for a character that was in the episode. Uh, ep- uh, like uh, last, to give an example, last time you guys were on, we did Bart the Fink. The character for that one was Handsome Pete, which I think Mitch guessed correctly. Um, and before that, Mitch, you were on an episode where we did Krusty Gets Cancelled, and you correctly guessed that Gabbo was the highlighted character. I'm pretty good Ooh. at this. Pressure. <laughs> it's your party trick. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, do you guys have a copy of The Simpsons Complete Guide? <laughs> <laughs> I've got Marge and Chains open in front of me. Uh, do you guys want to guess who they've... There, there are a lot of characters in this episode. Like, it, the town is involved and stuff. So, what do you reckon? Ryan, you want to go first? I'm probably going to get it, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for giving me a chance. I appreciate that. I think the character for this episode is the quite visible and somehow sentient flu particles. <laughs> nice, nice. I reckon it's Phillips. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, mm. okay. I reckon I reckon it's Phillips because it relates more explicitly to the episode's title and the, yeah, and the right. main plot. Oh. Okay, uh, so it's Mitch. I'm sorry you didn't get, you didn't <gasps> get a trifecta. Jesus! <laughs> Your reputation is ruined. Oh. Sentient uh, flu. Sentient it flu. is not the sentient flu. Um, <laughs> it is, but both of them would have been better choices. <laughs> they have chosen. I'm going to hold it up to the screen. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> Tattoo Annie. Oh. Tattoo Annie, who they haven't even put a speech bubble for. Um, <laughs> she is in the episode for what? Three seconds? Yeah. Like, I don't know why they chose her. Maybe um, it's just because um, it made the writer of that book shudder when he watched her appearance because <laughs> the bit when her back moves and yeah. the sound effect, it's fucking disgusting. I, oh, I, I, I hate gross. it. It's oh. awful. <laughs> so, this is the profile I've got for her. Tattoo Annie. Identity. Tattoo-toting inmate. Chief identifying feature. Mad magazine fold-in tattoo on her back. Skin, colourful. Personality, intense. Says, very little letting her tattoos do her talking. So, there you go. <laughs> wow. Got a, got a character biography of her tattoo, Annie. I feel like I know her now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. Um, now, I'm not going to even bother reading the stuff you may have missed from this because it's there's really nothing that interesting they've included, but... I've grabbed a few little fun facts from online. For Apu and Sanjay, their brief lines of Indian dialogue, apparently the writers called the Embassy of India in Washington 
to get them to translate. And apparently the the quote I've got here is the embassy was not interested or happy, but still did it. (laughs) (laughs) Good. um, And also speaking of like doing research, um, in the scene where and you did call uh, this, did say Apu is portrayed as a bit of an idiot in this episode, Ryan. To be fair, he knows he can recite pi up to. Uh, forty thousand digits. Yeah, that makes uh, no sense. Like, <laughs> like pick a lane up, who? Jesus. <laughs> they do kind of. Um, they sort of stick to a bit of continuity because in the episode where he's going to get deported, which again, why is the family helping Apu so much? He put Marge in jail. <laughs> yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> Let him get deported. Um, anyway, um, the episode where that's happening, you kind of get his background and you see he went to like, um, I think it was computer science or something that he studied at uni. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I haven't watched that episode in a while, but I'm like, oh yeah, they kind of tied that together with the pie thing. But anyway, in that for that scene, the writers um, asked David H. Bailey of the National Aeronautics and Space Administration for the number of the 40,000th decimal place of pi. And they got sent back a printout of all the 40,000 digits. So I feel yeah. like he didn't really help them in that regard. Just could have sent them one number. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite passive aggressive, isn't it? But it is cool the amount of like that they put this much research. Like they could they could have had Apu and Sanjay talking whatever. Which I'm sure they've done in other episodes, but yeah, they, and they could true. they could have had a, Apu say any number sure. <laughs> as well. But I mean, but they've, they've put the time and they've they, yeah yeah. Is the bar that low for us to be impressed though? <laughs> like that 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 they could have been racist and weren't. Yeah, <laughs> so they, so they put a lot of now. research into their South Asian stereotype that all South Asians are good at maths. That's uh, <laughs> really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did, I did a bit of research on this episode as well. I don't know if you guys would be interested oh, great. in this. I found uh, the green guide for the day that this aired in, a, in Australian TV. Great. Oh, hell yeah. And for those that don't know, um, I mean, a lot of people overseas might because there is a popular podcast called I Love Green Guide Letters, which I think introduced it to a lot of people who weren't in Australia. But the green guide is like the, the TV lift out for the age newspaper. Uh, it's kind of, and it came out every Thursday. I remember reading it every week as a kid. Um, so, yeah. What do, you, what do you got there, Ryan? Well, this is from July 4th, 1993. And I think it only came out a month after it aired in the US. Which is actually really good for The Simpsons. Yeah, um, that's surprising. I've got here the date that it um, from the book. Um, it says here it came out six of May, nineteen ninety three. So yeah, that's a couple of months. That's right? really good. So it's on uh, Channel Ten, six thirty. It's get get this. I don't know if there's been a better four and a half hours of TV on Australian TV <laughs> since July fourth, nineteen ninety three. At six thirty, <laughs> you've got The Simpsons. At 7 o'clock, you've got a brand new episode of Doogie Howser, MD. Ooh. Uh, 7.30, you've got Beverly Hills 90210 uh, with all your favourites, Jason Priestley, Shannon Doherty, and Luke Perry. And then at 8.30, yeah. Movie of the Week, Hot Shots. Ooh. <laughs> and then at 10.15, Hot Shots 2, An Adventure in Filmmaking, <laughs> um, a 30-minute uh, feature, like a special feature documentary of the film. And I've looked that up and what? you can only, so this only exists on some DVDs and like as a special feature. 
And if you were to watch this now on a Hot Shots 2 DVD, the Hot Shots 2 and Adventure in Filmmaking, for some reason, it's narrated in Spanish and you can't get an English narration for it. Wow. So <laughs> Oh, man. I hope that's how it went to air. Um, and just out of interest. <laughs> and in the ratings uh, that week, it was up against on Channel 9, Our World, Islands of the Pacific documentary series presented by Glenn Ridge. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Over on Channel 7, uh, Talk to the Animals by Dr. Harry Cooper. Right. <laughs> uh, and then on Channel 2, it doesn't even say ABC, it just says 2. Um, oh, really? Uh, Realms of the Russian Bear. Uh, <laughs> Siberia, the Frozen Forest, another documentary. Oh, fantastic! Uh, SBS had <laughs> World News with Lee Lin Chin. Great. I like like an elderly couple being like, "What should we watch tonight? <laughs> should we watch the documentary about the Russian bear or Hot Shots Part Two?" <laughs> <laughs> Lee Lin Chin, Lee Lin Chin. Uh, I remember I was looking this up I wanted to find the first time that The Simpsons won its ratings Because I think it struggled a little bit And like the first time it won its ratings Was up against a Glen Ridge documentary Which there were uh, just seemingly thousands of those Yeah <laughs> uh, A footy game between Footscray and Adelaide Was played in Adelaide And was over by half time And then like just the news <laughs> on SBS And like they're the f- <laughs> You can only watch four things yeah. yeah. Oh. I was thinking about that recently, like how certain shows were just super popular in Australia and you look back now and be like, man, did we really like, was that us as a country that we liked that? And it's like, well, not necessarily. So we didn't have much choice. Like, you were, like we had four channels. Like some, like you grew up in the country, Ryan. Did you even have, <laughs> do you even have four channels? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, we didn't. didn't we, it, like we, that, it was really hard to get SBS. Yeah, Re- there you I, go. one of my earliest memories uh. of uh, of watching like watching anything or trying to watch SBS was we we're in like the uh, we had this old crappy TV in another room, and we were sort of we we're trying desperately to watch an episode of South Park that we'd only heard of. Like we didn't know what <laughs> South Park was, but we heard it was like The Simpsons, but raunchier and we had to watch it in the crappy tv in the other room because my mum and her friend were watching the funeral of princess diana (laughs) oh god how morbid (laughs) (laughs) so my memory of the funeral of princess diana is like hitting the side of a crappy tv trying to get reception on sbs (laughs) oh wow yeah man you must have been a horny teenager if you couldn't get sbs <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, there's so many. Like, I, and uh, part of me is like, I mean, obviously, The Simpsons is one of the greatest shows. <laughs> Don't know if you guys are aware <laughs> of this, but I'm a fan of the show. <laughs> uh, but like, I think part of why it, it's everyone knows it is you kind of. I mean, you wanted to watch it because it was so good, but you kind of also didn't have much of a choice. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, true. You turn on the TV. It was The Simpsons, like six o'clock, seven o'clock, seven thirty. You even if you didn't like The Simpsons, well, fuck you. But <laughs> what else? We like you'd only have a few other options, mm. um, and that's why when you hear like uh, people that didn't watch The Simpsons, I feel it's only people that weren't allowed to or like didn't watch TV. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, hundred um, percent. I've I've got a thought um, toward the end of the episode. Um, 
yeah. I'm just baffled as to what Barney's plan is with dating Phillips. <laughs> like, like, how far? How far is he expecting to get? Considering that, like, is it? Uh, uh, he's obviously just lying to get laid, but why would he pretend to be Homer? And 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 maybe maybe Phillips is withholding the fact that she murdered her previous partner. Like, is that not going to maybe be a problem for Barney? Like, is that? It, 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 are we meant to read into it that much? It just seems so. Like on on Barney's uh, Barney's motivation, they're just like ridiculous. Yeah, I, just, I, I don't know what that joke is. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> is the joke on Barney because he's going to get killed? Is the joke on Phillips because <laughs> Barney's I, pretending to be I, home? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird one. Um, there there's a few weird bits in this episode. The whole scene where uh, Quim Quimby's in the sauna with Wiggum. Yeah. And uh, Wiggum's like, uh, don't tell anyone, but Marge Simpson got arrested for shoplifting. Next scene is Quimby telling, I, I don't know where he's supposed to be, but he's giving this address <laughs> to a shitload of people saying, Marge Simpson was arrested for shoplifting. Wing was, hey. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of funny that he said not to tell anyone. Abruptly cuts to him telling the most apparently people. everyone in town. Mm. But then there's that weird bit where he's like, on another matter, the chick in the crying game was also a man and then it's animated kind of weird i think they're meant to be booing but it's not really clear and then he's like i mean man was that a good movie and then i think they're meant to be like yay but the animation's <laughs> the same like the mouths moving yeah, this, yeah. And i think that hurts whatever they were going for like it's really not clear it, it's just a very odd scene there are some uh, weird <laughs> animations and some weird voice choices so snake is obviously in the episode he steals a quickie mart and he's also yeah. the voice of the flu yeah and <laughs> the the squeaky voice teen is the voice of the antibodies and he's also yeah. the voice of a person of color in the audience uh reacting oh, to yeah. dr ebert that's that's a it's a he's history's greatest monster yes i think it is yeah, actually, that's, that's, yeah. during the jimmy card of it yeah yeah all a bit odd. <laughs> it's and kind of, I think, it's a strange vibe. Yeah, totally. And just going back to the plot thing again, um, how how passive Marge was in it, and how she just kind of mm. gets out of jail and stuff. But the the realization of the townspeople that they need Marge is entirely down to Rice Krispies, the the Marshmallow Square <laughs> things. The, the the fact that like the that she's not around to bake them is the realization for people, and that it all kind of like explodes out from there which like her only function in springfield is making <laughs> that slice and that's it like without her pandemonium and, and i guess they were restricted with time but again it they didn't need to be but they chose to, to <laughs> do the plot like this yeah and, they and, dug their own grave by doing it yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so that I, I guess they're thinking wow we need to show what Springfield is like without Marge and it has to be something kind of significant and it just escalates so unnaturally. Mm. And it, 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 it... Yeah. I mean, I'm torn on it because I'd like the joke that carnage simply from... It carnage escalates just from them being $25 short, which is what Marge could have had. It kind of reminds me of that gag where Homer takes the cinder blocks mm. and they say, we're two bricks short. We uh, can't build the hospital. I'll tell the children. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I kind of like that. But then at the other side of it, it's like, well, hang on. The town is realizing how much they need Marge. Like, that's meant to be the moral, I guess, is that they're like, we can't function without you as a town. 
But like you said, Mitch, it's just because she wasn't there to make the crispy squares. It's not- yeah, I think it's that joke like- is probably better in a better episode when it's mm. not like the, the the if she had done something like if she had you know taken a day for herself or something. And, yeah, and, yeah, and then her not being there had caused them not to get this thing they wanted. But she's in jail. <laughs> like yeah. the stakes and, against yeah, totally. not getting fifteen dollars is it's not as funny because Marge is in jail, and all of these people have been horrible to her. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's the thing. A couple of points there is um, all those scenes where Homer and Marge and Lisa are struggling without Marge, they're funny and they're good. But it could have yeah been. Any episode where Marge is away, she's out of town, she takes a day for herself, like you said, Ryan. Like, you could have done that without her being in jail. So, you could have, yeah. And secondly, she gets no real apology at the end of the episode for the way she was treated, really. Mm. I mean, they give her the statue and they say, uh, maybe they do say sorry, but it's more like we took you for granted, um, the town needs you. But at no point are they like, yeah, we shouldn't have locked you away for... Not doing anything. <laughs> like, it's so mean-spirited. They give her a statue that they didn't want anyway. Yeah. And <laughs> I, just- feel, I feel so bad for Marge throughout this because from, from the get-go, she's overworked at home. And, yeah. and, and then like through, through just absolute pressure, um, doesn't pay for the bourbon and, and then just is punished for it. She's just... <laughs> just Drag through the, the the justice system so unfairly, and I, I I think that's one of the reasons why I find it a little bit unwatchable is because she's probably the most sympathetic character of of the main characters, and she's everyone just treats her like shit. Yeah, it's like the opposite yeah. of what the best Simpsons episodes are. It's like it's kind of wants to be zany and it kind of wants to have heart, but it doesn't have either of those things. It's just mean spirited. Yeah. I agree. You've still got that kind of nice scene where Marge is being led away and Homer does the speech about, he says, most of all, I'll miss how lucky you make me feel when I wake up. Like, that's, that's nice. Um, you've got, like, there's, this, the family is still acting nice, I feel. Like, you've still at least got that. Like, mm-hmm. they are in character. Um, Homer's clueless, but he's still trying. Like, so... Mm. You've still got a few droplets of heart. It's not completely like postseason Ten Simpsons, where there's just zero heart to it. Sure. At least. Yep. True. But yeah, I. I what do we reckon? Um, I, I feel like this episode's got a bit of a beating. Um, <laughs> this this pod. Oh, by the way, actually, before we before we give our ratings, I've got a little note I've written down here on the commentary for this episode. Mm. Um, they're laughing about in the original script. Um, Apparently, when Marge is being led away, she sees Apu and Sanjay, and she's like, who's running the Quickie Mart? And then they go, oh, no. And then it's the bit of Snake driving it away. Right. Um, and apparently, Julie Kavner... Um, and they, they, the stars seem to have a lot more, like, say over stuff or seem to object more, because the next episode is Krusty Gets Cancelled, where she full-on boycotted the episode... Um, because of the guest stars, she didn't like that. We talked about that last mm. episode we were on, Mitch. Um, but my, uh, Julie Kavanagh was like, I'm not saying that. She was like, why would Mar- Marge give a fuck <laughs> about who's running the quickie mart? And the writer's like, well, that's the joke. That like, It's the contrast. That's that's why it's funny. She's like, no, it's not funny. It's stupid. <laughs> and she, w- she wouldn't say... Well, apparently, they were recording it and, Mar- and she did as Marge. She went, 
And who the fuck's running the quickie mart? <laughs> <laughs> and um, they're like, all right, maybe we better change it. And so they changed it to what makes much more sense. It does. Apu saying, at least now our, our story is safe. And also kind of, not justifies, but gives you a bit more sense as to why Apu has been a dick. Like he seems to genuinely think Marge <laughs> was a threat. Mm. With that line, like so, yeah, it was a much better choice. Yeah, totally. But, uh, I yeah. feel like I have a lot more respect for um, <laughs> Julie Kavner with with that story alone, but also um, one of those rare actors uh, who can give actual good notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm really. I wonder if they still do that, or they must not give a fuck anymore because some of the stuff the characters have done <laughs> yeah, true. since Look, the classic years, I'm, it's I'm, like... Yeah. <laughs> sure, it's been a um, um, slow erosion of their um, sense of quality because, I mean, they, they probably wouldn't even be aware of it. It's 30 <laughs> years of just, like, just you'd get fatigued. Uh, so, what do we reckon? Like, I feel, yeah, episode's got a bit of a beating, but I will... Uh, I'll go first, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually I leave mine to last, but I want to say like, yeah, I, I agree with all the points, all the, the negative elements of this episode. But at the same time, I was laughing out loud a lot watching this. I think there are so many good gags, uh, so many classic jokes as well. Uh, the, where do we get those placebos? <laughs> it's so good. Um, them wa- Bart walking on the floor and you hear like all the sound effects and then, hey, um, hey, watch it. The home. Yeah. <laughs> Homer wearing the Halloween costume. Like, it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> He's wearing the devil outfit uh, when he goes to visit his wife and Jack. <laughs> uh, oh, the alligator stuck in the toilet, I feel, is just so ridiculous, but just so funny. Mm. And Grandpa with the plunger, his teeth falling out. Like, all Hutz's stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think just purely... The jokes, I'm going to give this one an eight and a half. But okay. uh, what what do you guys reckon? Mitch, you called it bare, um, borderline unwatchable. So <laughs> <laughs> um, look, my considerations are um, how how badly I feel for Marge as a character in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then factoring in the fact that it's two episodes worth of material that they've just kind of smooshed together quite um, yeah. hurriedly, I feel. And the fact that it um, it is a snapshot of what The Simpsons will ultimately become in terms of that mm. kind of lower quality kind of thing. Um, but I do like a lot of the one-off jokes are great and you take them away from the context of that episode and, and they're, they're perfect. Like um, one that I really liked was um, caption on the... The statue, uh, Jimmy Carter, it just says Malays forever. It's such an average thing to write on a statue, something as grand as a statue, and I, I like I like that um, that comparison. Anyway, all that in mind, I'd give it four and a half. Okay. Yep. And Ryan, I hate this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, okay. The only good things about this episode are Lionel Hutz and Bartina. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. great. Uh, oh, the the quote of the guard, down I go. <laughs> me, and my, me and my sister used to quote that all the oh, time. Oh, me and my brother were the same. We said that all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. What was it about that line? That was terrific. <laughs> you know, I read, I think it was on a podcast I recently, um, Bill Oakley or Josh Weinstein, one of the two, was saying that's the John Schwartzfelder gag. And he used to write jokes like that, <laughs> like, 
as if The Simpsons were like an old radio play. <laughs> as, if, as if you can't see the guard falling, so that's why he goes, down I go. But. <laughs> that's so good. Um, um, okay, that gets another point then for me for this episode. I'll give this, ep- oh, no, I'll give this episode, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give Julie Kavner for being an absolute badass and not doing that line 10 out of 10. <laughs> She's the best, and I'll give this episode four out of ten. Okay, okay. Now that's fair. That's fair. Um, uh, let's get you guys a bit more positive. Um, we're doing a thing at the moment where we're getting listeners to submit their favourite joke of the series. Um, so we've got some great submissions so far. Thanks to everyone that's um, uh, let me know your favourite joke. Um, we've got a couple months until we do episode thirty, where we'll do a countdown. But while I've got you guys on, what? what have you had to think about what your favourite joke of the series is? I haven't actually come to a conclusion yet because any any question that involves your favourite thing, I yeah. I really struggle to answer. Like, I don't have a favourite film. I don't have a favourite album. don't have a favourite TV show because there's there's just yep. too many of them. Um, totally. And I you, like... If you got a gun to your head, <laughs> like, what's your favourite Simpsons joke? <laughs> I like the uh, which, one... Which, if we weren't doing this over Zoom, I would be doing. Sure, sure, sure. Thank uh, you. Um, <laughs> I do like the one where uh, Homer goes to the post office to pretend to be Mr. Burns and yeah. um, uh, the post office uh, clerk asks him his first name and he says he doesn't know. And that's good. I enjoy that. Yeah. It's, it's just like yeah. a feeble feeble plan that he's not remotely thought through. Yeah, the the delivery on it as well is just perfect. Great work by Dan Castellanoda. Yeah, we another one as kids. I remember in the schoolyard always acting out that scene. Yeah, <laughs> I think because you don't need to like remember the nuances of the like words that were used or anything. So like all around the playground, you'd be like, "Okay, Mr. Burns, um, what's your first name? <laughs> I don't know." <laughs> just always be. And also the the voice that he does that he has to put on a voice to be Mr. Burns. Because his own yes. voice will be too recognisable or something. It's so yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe you have a letter for me. <laughs> yeah, um, Ryan, um, how about you? Did you manage to get it down to just one? Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty tough. I've, I yeah. I have some. Oh god, I just it was so much fun just trying to think of all my favourite jokes from it. Um, I had a couple of runner-ups. Uh, yeah. Um, during a Millhouse divided, when Marge is getting everyone ready for the dinner party, and uh, she says, "She says, <laughs> ask Homer if he's ready," and he says, "Just got to put my shoes on," and he's just playing race cars <laughs> yes. and in, in his undies. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, Hurricane Nettie, I really love the uh, the old CCTV footage of of little Ned running around uh, <laughs> playing with all the kids, and he says. I'm Dick Tracy. Take that prune face. Now I'm prune face. Take that, Dick Tracy. Now I'm prune Tracy. And he's grabbed just before he can say, take that, Dick face. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Amazing. yeah, yeah. A little kid calling another kid Dick face. Oh, God. Amazing. <laughs> um, but I think my favorite episode is the, the Homer They Fall, the boxing episode, where, God, so many amazing jokes. Homer's the southern dandy. Um, and Moe's my favorite character, and he has this great line. He's talking about when he was kid gorgeous and kid presentable. Um, and he says to Homer, uh, but somehow I just never made it to the big time. And Homer says, why not? And Mo says, because I got knocked out 40 times in a row. Plus politics. It's all politics. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Love it. Oh, so good. Uh, add it to the list, Ryan. Uh, and I think I think yours has had a, uh, a couple of votes already, Mitch. So... 
tune into episode 30. You might hear that in the top 10 or top 20. It really depends how many submissions we get in terms sure. of... Uh, well, another, another gag that I liked that was in um, Margin Change, which I, f- I forget that it was... It, it, it's so disconnected that you don't associate it with the episode was when um, yeah. Burns had the um, all the security doors, no microbes can get in or out, and Homer's just in the pod <laughs> eating a sandwich. Like, that's... That's a great gag. And like he, he's not only got access in there, but it's implied that that's his regular go-to spot <laughs> to binge eat. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed the theme, Mitch. Your favorite jokes are where Homer claims to be Mr. Burns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my yeah, thing. You got me. <laughs> uh, great. Well, uh, any... Um, Anything you guys wanted to plug before we wrap up this episode? Um, you can watch my watch my shows on SBS On Demand, the backside of television and the last year of television. Do that. Hey, that's uh, what, just sbsondemand.com? <laughs> what? <laughs> just Google SBS On Demand, Jesus. Watch it on your this is an app you can get on your phone. You don't need a website for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, nice. And Ryan? Uh, I would just encourage everyone to leave a reply in the comments. Who do you find more attractive, Tom Cruise or Mel Gibson? (laughs) Who do you reckon? Well, when this came out, 1993, what would your answer be? Tom Cruise. Mel Gibson always has had uh, like a two, this kind of old face. Whereas Tom Mm. Cruise in the 90s at least had that kind of pretty boy vibe about him. I guess like ranking your favourite episode, it it depends what mood you're in, you know? Really? (laughs) When am I ever going to be in the mood for Mel Gibson? Uh, You've had a a bit to drink. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, true. Uh, My stuff's at murphymclaughlin.com and again, would love you to submit your favourite joke from the series. You can do that through the Murph's Tavern Twitter, Facebook or Instagram or through my website. Uh, That's fine. Um, And rate and review the podcast. That'd be so good. Um, Like I said last time, it's now, you can do it on Spotify. So, you literally just have to get the podcast open on Spotify and press rate this podcast. Give it five stars, please. Uh, Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Uh, thanks so much for joining me, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Mitch. It's a pleasure. And as we always say here on Murph's Tavern, all right, let's make some pus. <laughs> 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 that was awesome.